you can listen to The Front on your smart speaker every morning. To hear the latest episode, just say, play the news from The Australian. From The Australian, here's what's on The Front. I'm Claire Harvey. It's Monday, December 11. International students will need to demonstrate fluency in English and there'll be a new visa class to help employers bring in critical staff. That's the core of a huge shake-up of migration policy to be launched today. It's all aimed at winding back a huge surge in temporary migration that's driven house prices and rents up and led to worker exploitation. Any employer who wants to bring in a temporary worker will have to pay them at least $70,000 and there'll be tougher protections to allow migrants to move jobs once they get here. Queensland's on the hunt for a new Premier after the sudden resignation of Anastasia Palaszczuk, the last leader standing from the COVID pandemic era. Anastasia Palaszczuk is quitting after eight years as Queensland's leader. She brought the Labor Party from humiliation to triumph. But Queenslanders and Labor fell out of love with Palaszczuk and she's jumped before she was pushed. Shortly, we'll hear from Queensland editor Michael McKenna. Plus, later in the episode, it's set to be a whopping week in the Bruce Lehrman Network 10 defamation trial, with a lip reader to give evidence on what Lehrman and Brittany Higgins said to one another in the hours before she claims she was raped. Lehrman, who denies any wrongdoing, is suing over a story he says ruined his life. I don't need to do it again. I have given it my all and I've run a marathon. Anastasia Palaszczuk has had a lot of firsts. She was Queensland's first female Premier to win from opposition when she took the party from a desperate low of just seven seats to victory at the 2015 election. And she was phenomenally successful, becoming the first female Premier to win three elections. She's a bit of a Labor princess, having won the suburban Brisbane seat of Inala in 2006 after the retirement of her father, Henry. She swept to power on a platform of protecting the public service, championing workers' rights and investing in education. History was made when the Labor leader was sworn in at Government House. She did it again in 2017. Anastasia Palaszczuk is now the most successful ever female leader in Australian political history and 2020. Entering the history books. Anastasia Palaszczuk sweeps the floor. Thanks to a hardline, elbows out COVID-19 isolation strategy that kept Queensland running as the other eastern states ground to a halt. Now is not the time to panic. Now is the time to be calm. Queensland Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk has launched an extraordinary attack on the Prime Minister amid growing tension and confusion. But on August 26 this year, the Australian subscribers awoke to a searing piece by our Queensland journalists Michael McKenna and Sarah Elks. The headline was, She Should Go, Queensland's Labor Ranks Turn on Anastasia Palaszczuk's Leadership. I was sitting in the media gallery overlooking the front bench of the Labor government. Michael McKenna is The Australian's Queensland editor. And it was quite unusual, the the optics, because 
The LNP leader, David Crisofulli, had flummoxed a question. There was lots of cheering and jeering from the Labor benches at him. But uh, amongst all of this was was the Premier, and she was just staring ahead at the opposition leader. She wasn't joining in in any of this frivolity, and it made me wonder whether the Premier was in fact isolated from her colleagues. Their story capped a shocking week in the midst of reports about a youth crime wave, three bad opinion polls, internal Labor polling that showed voters were grumpy, and a terrible week in Parliament, where the government passed controversial new laws making it legal to detain children in adult jails and police watchhouses. There was a perception Palaszczuk had become too used to attending red carpet events and wasn't focused enough on the daily grind. And that persona that she always enjoyed of being sort of the daggy Auntie Anastasia, who was just like any of the voters in in the suburbs and the regions, started to fade. And they were wondering whether she was enjoying too much of the power. And then she disappeared on holiday. More than 15,000 kilometres away from leadership rumblings. No, please don't do that. Anastasia Palaget is spotted on her Italian holiday with partner Dr Reza Adib. They're less than pleased with the attention. Palaget hadn't even told her colleagues she was going on holiday. And then she dropped another bombshell from Italy that she had health issues that would involve hospitalisation. But she still had the support of influential union leader Gary Bullock And, crucially, she still believed she had the numbers in caucus. On Sunday, she suddenly announced her resignation and referenced that infamous holiday. I turned my mind to this when I was trying to have a holiday with my partner and everyone deserves a break. Palaget said it was time for renewal. Standing up for the people of Queensland has been an honour of my life. I don't believe anyone who comes after me will know how humbling it is. To travel this state and meet so many amazing people. A lot of the caucus don't have the spine or the experience to either call a spill or to do the numbers. But in Queensland, the union movement has a very strong influence over the Parliamentary Labor Party. And when the union movement, including Gary Bullock, and then last week with the head of the Queensland Council of Unions, Jacqueline King, saying that there was disquiet over the Premier's leadership, the writing seemed to be on the wall. So, who's next? In her press conference, Palaszczuk, a member of Labor's right faction, endorsed Deputy Premier Stephen Miles. He's from the left. But two others are also doing the numbers, the left's Health Minister Shannon Fentiman and the right's Treasurer Cameron Dick. Whomever they choose, Labor has a huge challenge to make itself electable by the time of the next poll in October 2024. Michael, Labor's left is dominant in Queensland. Does that give us any clues as to which way caucus will go? 
The good money would be on on Stephen Miles, but there are people within the union movement who believe that Shannon Fenderman, the former Attorney General, who's now the Health Minister, is a better communicator and would deliver the reset to the face of government that could be enough to win it the next election, some say, or to at least save the furniture. Cameron Dick is a competent treasurer, but he comes from the right faction and he doesn't appear to have much support. Coming up, what to expect in a big week for the Bruce Lehrman defamation trial. A troubled young woman. Her evil parents. We never had any issues between us. Has justice been done? I'm in a prison. Join journalist Richard Gilliatt as he delves into one of Australia's most gripping cases. Shadow of Doubt, a new podcast investigation from The Australian. I cannot find one of these allegations that's possible. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. On Friday, March 22, 2019, Bruce Lehrman and Brittany Higgins were with a group of political and defence staffers at a Canberra pub, The Dock. Their versions of that night have been wildly different, and they've both had to admit in the witness box they were wrong about their recollections. Brittany Higgins said her Bumble date was bullied by the group until he left. That wasn't true. Bruce Lehrman said he didn't buy Higgins a single drink. That wasn't true either. And we know that because the camera never blinks. The unwavering eye of closed-circuit television cameras that caught every single moment of this boozy night out. This matter has already been through a harrowing criminal trial, which was aborted, and a public inquiry into the prosecution. But what we've never heard is evidence about what Lehrman and Higgins said to one another that night. CCTV is, of course, silent. But Network 10, who's being sued by Lehrman for defamation, has fought hard for, and won, the right to introduce evidence from a lip reader. His name is Tim Reedy and he is from the UK. Ellie Dudley is the Australian's legal affairs correspondent. The court on Friday heard that he has been deaf since the age of four when he contracted meningitis. He has learnt to lip read, self-taught lip reader, and he now describes himself as a forensic lip reader. So he's helped out places like the UK's National Health Service. He's helped out the British tabloids. He helped investigate an extramarital affair by looking at CCTV footage. And so Network 10 have brought Mr Reedy in to analyse what Bruce Lerman was saying to Brittany Higgins in the CCTV footage that we've got from the Doc Hotel before the alleged rape occurred. So he's the reason we know what Prince Harry and Catherine say to each other at funerals. Must be, must be. That's that's the role. <laughs> We've already had a hint of what his evidence will be. When Bruce Lehrman was being cross-examined by Counsel for 10, Matt Collins, he was asked whether he had said to Higgins phrases like all hers, all hers, as he put drinks in front of Brittany Higgins, and whether Higgins said stop, stop, before consuming the drinks. 
I don't think that he had been prepared for these questions to be put to him. Like, obviously, we, we can't know for sure. But he did seem quite shocked and he denied that the dialogue that Dr Matt Collins was putting to him had occurred at all. Things like, as you say, him putting a drink in front of Brittany Higgins and saying, drink that all now. Him saying, well done, when she did scull a drink. Things like that he, he denied to have saying. Lehrman's counsel, Steve Wybrow, fought hard against having this evidence admitted telling Justice Michael Lee lip-reading was pure speculation and not a scientific discipline. Justice Lee wasn't having it. Well, he said that you need to remember that expert evidence isn't just scientific. It can come from lived experience as well. At one point when Bruce Lerman's barrister was, you know, saying that it's it's not scientific and, and he doesn't have enough experience or something along those lines, Justice Lee interjected and said, well, you know, he's been deaf since the age of four. He's been lip-reading since the age of four. That sounds like experience to me. On Friday last week, two witnesses took the court back to the day of Brittany Higgins' first substantial interview with police. Detective Sarah Harmon described picking Higgins up from Parliament House and taking her for an interview at Canberra's police headquarters. Harmon said Higgins kept referencing the replaceability of her employment, a phrase Harmon took to mean Higgins was worried if she pushed ahead with the prosecution, she might lose her job. Higgins ultimately decided to drop her complaint but Harmon wanted her to do two things to obtain potentially crucial evidence in case she ever changed her mind. Harmon said she asked Higgins repeatedly to give her the white dress she was wearing that night so it could be forensically tested. She also asked her to find out from friends which bar the group had gone to after the drinks at the dock. Higgins only remembered it was a karaoke bar and Harmon wanted to get the CCTV before it was auto-wiped. But Higgins didn't return the detective's calls or texts in the days after that interview, and instead sent her an email saying she'd decided not to go ahead. Higgins later washed the dress and wore it again, and the CCTV from the karaoke bar was never obtained. A counsellor, Catherine Cripps, also gave evidence, telling the court Higgins was distraught during the police interview, especially when what she described as the perpetrator's rights were mentioned. So the counsellor said that Brittany Higgins broke down, or I think flooded with tears were the words that she used on multiple occasions during that police interview. Um, One of those occasions was when she was informed of Bruce Lerman's rights as an alleged perpetrator. Things like, you know, his right to silence. He can't be forced to talk. Something that this counsellor made really clear was that Brittany Higgins was really concerned about how making a formal report and, you know, going down the line of talking to witnesses, having to talk to her bosses about it, all of those things, making it effectively quite public to an extent. She was very concerned about how that would affect her dream job and and the job that she had been holding in Parliament House in Linda Reynolds' office. Ellie Dudley is The Australian's legal affairs correspondent. We'll be back in court every day this week and The Australian subscribers are always the first to know at theaustralian.com.au.
I'm Sarah Lamarquin, Editor-in-Chief of Stella and host of our podcast called Something to Talk About. Every weekend we publish a new episode where you'll hear compelling personalities, strong opinions and thought-provoking conversations. I wanted to be able to do it in my time when I was ready and speak my truth when I was ready. The topic of when do I become a mum, that is in my mind 24-7. Search for Something to Talk About wherever you listen to your podcasts.